Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular guys drinking some irregular brews and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. And this week, we were going to talk about something. It's been a little while since we've had an episode. We had plans for something, but we've changed it last minute. Uh, So we'll get into that shortly. But first, each week, we both bring a beer. We drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. So I'm excited to announce that we will be taking a look at some beers from a brewery called Sawdust City. Yeah. this is in, I mean, I think it's out of Gravenhurst, but essentially you might, if you're anywhere around the area or maybe even not, you, you might know of it as like the Muskoka area. This is where like the really rich cottages are in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this place is actually like just right around there. Um, and uh, they have some really interesting stuff. So we we picked some stuff out, and I, I wanted to start with a beer that's called uh, "The Princess Wears Girl Pants." Yes, uh, this is a big one. You know, we were just talking. We often start these types of things out with like the most boring beer they have, and try to work our way to the interesting ones. Not this time. This time we are starting with a extra strong beer. It is a hoppy Belgian golden ale, and it is nine percent. Hoo um yeah also the art on it the girl pants are in fact coveralls w- mm-hmm. that are like hanging on a clothesline with everything there's a tiara there as well as you can see but um yeah i'm excited for this jeff let's crack this open and get started on this this tap takeover so sada city actually on the show it's funny because we figured this out years ago, and I think Jeff forgot at at, at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> basically, it, this was a brewery that we see often in our liquor stores, and for whatever reason, um, was just always in our minds kind of thought of as like, oh, yeah, they're okay. Like, their beer's fine. Mm-hmm. And then every time we would have one on the show, we'd be like, that was so good. That was really yeah. good. I like that a lot. And then over time... I slowly had to change to be like, no, Sada City's good. It's really good. Anytime I get a beer from them, I always like it. Um, and then when we were talking about doing this, Jeff <laughs> kind of forgot, <laughs> was saying like, oh, they're okay. I'm like, no, they're good. I swear they're good. <laughs> so we yeah. can hopefully this will prove that they are a great Ontario brewery. And uh, everyone will think the same thing that we do now, or will at the end of this, I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder what it is. Like, it must have something to do with their their marketing. But when I look at it, I'm like, I kind of like this. I like what they're doing. Here. Yeah. So, but something about it just tells my mind like the beer is like slightly above average, but mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. Um, and then when I haven't had one in a while, I'm always like, oh yeah, they're okay. <laughs> and then you have one, you're like, oh, these are great. Yeah. So we'll 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 see how these uh, ones we drink tonight measure up, but. We have some magic news. So, oh my gosh, drama. I love it. So, uh, Explore Anthology 3 and Historic Anthology 7 will be released on July 18th. The full lists uh, came out, I think, yesterday. 
Um, so we will be talking more about that a little bit later. But uh, this weekend, the Lord of the Rings limited qualifier is happening July 15th and 16th. And then there's a qualifier in August, the 12th and the 15th, which is, or sorry, the 12th and the 13th, which is Explorer. So after this limited run is done, maybe start playing some Explorer to get ready for that. But uh, Jeff, the kind Can I just say, and this seems like it should go without saying, but you know, fans of the show or really of the game know that it does not go without saying. It's just nice that we see here qualifier weekend, most recent limited format, then bunch of cards added to a format, then qualifier weekend, that format that a bunch mm -hmm. of cards were added to. Like, <laughs> it's like, it sounds weird to call that out because that seems obvious, but I think, you know, this is not the way they have done things exactly in the past. So. I was honestly expecting it to be alchemy or something. So yeah or like a flashback draft or something, you know? Yeah, like, just some un, unex, inexplicable format choice, but just this is like, just nice. It's like the new cards come out one month later, you get to play high stakes with them. Yeah, so um, props to that. And that's continued, I'm sure that's our, our buddy, our buddy, our friend, we know him personally, yeah, yeah. William Huey Jensen. <laughs> Jensen. <laughs> Jensen. Oh, gosh. He's our friend. We don't know his name, actually. Yeah, we don't actually know how to say his name, but he's our friend. Anyway, Jeff, um, let's talk about the thing we originally said we we're going to talk about at some point, which is Lord of the Rings, the set, and the cards, and the limited format. Um, we had wanted to do a whole episode about draft on this, and then at some point had decided, you know what, let's not. <laughs> and we just decided not to do that. Um, yeah. But I do want to quickly touch on it because I was playing a bit of it and it was a ton of fun. Actually, I had like kind of middling ideas on whether I thought it was going to be good or not. And mm -hmm. I have really enjoyed the experience, though. I've I haven't been doing extremely well, so um, which I've also been doing fairly poorly in the the last I was like we need to break you out of this slump I've been doing really badly and limited <laughs> it's been rough but I actually enjoyed playing this one a lot more than playing mom which I was just bad at and didn't like playing the games uh this was like interesting a new a new twist on stuff with uh characters that were cool and I knew some of them other ones I didn't know and still don't know their names <laughs> right but <laughs> Which is kind of how I like interact with Lord of the Rings. I like it. It's cool. I don't know all the characters' names, um, but I like the pictures. <laughs> I would say I probably know most. Of, like I have read it. It mm -hmm. was quite some time ago. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the the super fans that will read it every year, or watch it every year, or something like that. Um, but I have seen it all and I've read it all, so. I've think i would probably know most but I, yeah but i think there are probably some like super fan references in there that that go a bit over my head totally and i think these cards specifically were we haven't even talked about this at all but most of the cards were kind of pulled from the actual books instead of the movies mm -hmm. which i think is a really smart idea so i think overall the set was pretty well like executed <laughs> um I've but, long complained that removing Tom Bombadil from the movies was an outrageous mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in the set. There you go. Yeah. Yay. Um, 
but yeah, so limited format. Uh, it wasn't extremely balanced. Um, there was some color disparity. Green in particular is really bad um, to the point where people were kind of saying it was like as bad as uh, Battle for Zendikar, which, wow. yeah, Jeff, I know you have lived through Battle for Zendikar, so you know what that was like. That was This was close. I don't think it was really exactly there, but um, I think the consensus was, yeah, don't put green cards in your deck. Um, unless they're just like little oh. splashes, which was surprising to me um, as well, surprising. And then also not surprising because I was then looking back at decks I had built and I was like, oh, I did happen to have green because there was always really open. And then, oh, maybe that's why I did so badly. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I'm just browsing the data. So, you know, Zach was saying we decided not to do a full episode breakdown on this and um, we just wanted to kind of call it out. One of the reasons for that is like, because these cards aren't playable in, in the formats we tend to play, um, it's just like, uh, you really are just doing it for fun. It doesn't advance your collection at all. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, just having fun with other stuff. So I actually didn't play this format. And then we kind of talked about, oh, maybe I'll do a few drafts and then we can talk about it. But it felt like, disingenuous in some way to try to break down a format that I hadn't I didn't really know at all yeah um so we're just going to kind of talk about it and there's the caveat that Zach has played some and hasn't done well and I haven't played it so <laughs> so, so we're not really giving advice at all this is just our, our yeah. thoughts on any it. advice you should know it's coming from someone else uh, yeah. it's just stuff we've read or or we're seeing in the data Mm -hmm. But the data kind of reflects this idea that green is bad. Um, it's sort of the classic, like the green two color color pairs are all the worst win rates. Um, and then the mono green is actually not the worst. Or mono green is not the worst win rate, but it's still kind of bad, which means like even though it's open and people are going mono green into it, it's still you know, second worst yeah. or something, which is like, okay, that's really bad. Normally what you'll see is, okay, all the two color pairs suck. But then when you look at mono of the bad color, it actually does pretty well because the people who played that were the people who have, who are wide open and mm. it's still playable. And this is yeah. like, oh, the mono green color still sucks. Think it's about, not quite as bad as mono blue for some reason, but it's, yeah. it's bad. Think about like uh, in... Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, red wasn't super good, but then if you played mono red, it was actually really good. Exactly. Um, I think mon in that one, mono red was one of the higher win rate mm -hmm. like decks, just because the only people who played mono red were the people who understood how to do that and also mm -hmm. got, got hooked up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I did want to quickly say, like, best color is basically black, and then Rakdos is, like, really high as well as, like, Azorius and things like that. The spells deck, which is like um, classically blue red, was a lot of fun. That's actually the one I played the most because um, mm -hmm. there was a lot of support for that. Um, and some of those cards were sweet, but really the entire experience boiled down for me was like the ring tempts you is like the premium mechanic um, as well as like a mass orcs, which is just like, you know, uh, something that we've seen previously. However, I think 
that was done better in this set because of the ring tempts you. So the ring tempts you is, as most of you have probably played it, it's very similar in my mind to like a dungeon thing where like the ring tempts you and then you pick a creature and that's your ring bearer and it becomes legendary and then it gets abilities for each time that you get tempted. But what's really interesting is that a lot of times when you're playing in draft formats, your small creatures tend to get kind of like edged out of the game the more turns are in the game so like obviously your one power creatures are not really good against like three or four cost cards mm -hmm. but in this the first thing that happens is when your creature gets tempted by the ring is that it can only be blocked by creatures with power equal to it or less or sorry no no yeah yeah equal to it or less so it has to be really small so what you want to do is tempt your one like power creatures so that the only creatures that can block it are also one power creatures or zero power creatures right which gives all of your little like weak creatures a really strong um or they they're very useful so anytime you see creatures that are like like one threes or one twos end up being pretty good and then also that plays well with amass orcs because if you amass orcs one you get like a one one that's actually very useful besides just being something to sack to other abilities you want to have a one one when they have two twos and up that like cannot block your one one and as you get tempted more and more when you attack with it you get to loot which is really good and that ends up being a huge part of the game is trying to get to the second um tempt of the ring so you can start looting through your deck which is always really powerful in limited and then the final yeah. one you start killing them because it deals three extra damage. Um, but that interaction of just wanting to have one power creatures made like a huge difference in like gameplay for me that I was just really, I, I liked how we found a new way to interact with combat, basically. Like we always say combat's one of our favorite things in magic specifically limited is really focused around combat and this was a really great way of adding a new dimension to give longevity to those creatures without having to give something flying or a different type of evasion um so yeah i i thought that was huge it is a little bit of a finicky thing where you kind of have to have a little cheat sheet to remind you what all the things do um which is not super like simple but yeah. i really liked it and I think it yeah. worked really well. And I think one thing, you know, I want to emphasize as well that you alluded to there is like one of the one of the weird things about a mass in the past was like the first amass was great and subsequent amasses were kind of like because eh, yeah. it's like getting a creature is so much better than getting a plus one plus one counter. Mm -hmm. Um although in this case, like just going down further on what you were saying like if that creature is getting abilities when it attacks that are related to its power or you know abilities when it or it loots or something i feel like it makes subsequent amasses feel more like relevant because um yeah that was kind of the thing is like you would always let your opponent amass a bunch and then like bounce the creature and just mm -hmm. you know, and all where... the value is gone yeah, and this one, it seems like it's not necessarily that you want to amass a lot, but it's like you that one one token in um, when you're playing like War of the Spark, 
it basically blocks your, for your planeswalkers as well as like you can sacrifice it to different abilities. This oh. Abbas Orc does all of that. Plus, it can be a ring bearer and attack through stuff, and eventually they'll try to kill it. And then you can just amass with another card and get another one with some ability and then try to make it another ring bearer or things like that. Um, it okay. also doesn't have to be, but um, having that one one or that two two ended up being more helpful. I, it, it there was another dimension you could build another game plan because the set also has like there's a lot of sacrifice themes which is really great so that's good for that you know ability and things like that so yeah. wonder why red black is so good yeah um so it seemed like uh what i heard from a few different people was like the types of decks you could build were there were a lot of different archetypes that you could play um even though you're missing like a color like there's a color you shouldn't play but all the other colors had so many different interesting decks that you could build with them even though they're the same colors that it gotcha. made the, the play experience still very um engaging and i did the big pitfall is like trying to play this the scry deck which is the blue green one which i'm always happy when the blue green deck is the worst because i don't like blue green and <laughs> there are like some interesting things and in the silver tiers those decks would like trounce people and fairly early on in the format because a lot of it is like when you scry this creature gets a plus one plus one counter or you get to draw a card or you whatever um but the deck yeah, this, this is like un kind of unheard of though like looking at 17 lands simic has something like 20 22 games and it's sub 50 percent mm-hmm I don't think I've ever seen that. 27, like 17 lands, everything's all like the worst deck is usually 52%. Yeah. This is at 49.9, so, you know, it's Very... actually 50, but it is it is below 50. Yes. And I can't remember if that's actually, if I've ever actually seen that before. Well, that's good to know because I didn't, I knew that it was bad. And I, I know that obviously below 50 is bad, specifically for 17 lands because people that, have 17 lands on their computer that tracks their games are naturally just good drafters because they will, are the type of people that want to engage in this kind of data um but yeah 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 you'll, you'll usually see stuff like esper if you scroll down esper is bad right it's 46.7 mm -hmm. it's only a few hundred games usually with these like dual color pairs that have that volume of games played uh you don't usually see it sub 50 because like you said these players probably on average have like uh somewhere between a 55 and 60 percent win rate mm -hmm. and they tend to know what they're doing as well so like they're they're hip to the trends they're not just like this isn't counting all the newbies who jump in and say oh simic mm -hmm. is open and exactly. start drafting it and just get smoked right this is players who mostly know what they're doing so they um, all tried the deck and failed and then left it alone um, yeah or not even um because yeah, kept they tried like yeah, it kept a healthy trying. amount you know Rakdos yeah. has like 160,000 mm -hmm. games logged but uh so they they did move to Rakdos but yeah <laughs> yeah they did they did give it 25,000 goes <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah I I think that the set was was cool I'm glad we got it on arena I um didn't you know I opted out of playing it in paper because I wasn't really interested in the cards and you know I played on arena I have a 
fair, I don't know, I drafted probably like not a ton, but probably eight or 10 times. Oh, that's um, pretty good. Which is like low-ish for me. Um, and I don't really have anything to do with the cards, but uh, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I got to have the experience and I'm happy they made the set and it seems cool. Um, and I'm is... glad it seems like, like, you know, the worry with a set like this is they don't really care about it for limited. They they care about it for selling packs of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they still built a fun limited format, even though some of the hallmarks of that kind of design are there, like one color being, mm-hmm. like like balance being way off. Usually that's what you're worried about, right? Like, oh, yeah. they're going to release this new set. They don't, like the green cards they're making are supposed to be good in modern or something. They're not really worried about right. Yeah, making if they had to make that choice, you know, should we make Samwise Gamgee a, a combo piece for modern or like an efficient creature for limited? Mm-hmm. They're gonna do the first thing, but it sounds like people still had a lot of fun with the format, so they they kind of hit that sweet spot of they didn't have to like tank the set for constructed players to make it fun for limited mm-hmm. and they didn't have to tank the set for limited to sell the packs either yeah um which was super nice and like specifically i think one of the cards people are looking at that was like oh this is a modern card or something is like stern scolding which is like um a single blue mana for an instant that counters target creature spell with power or toughness two or less which is like that's a great way to deal with like one drops and two drops and things like that. But it also works in the limited format. It was a really good card to the point like on turn one, if your opponent was on the play and they played a island and said go, yeah, okay, you're like <laughs> you're thinking like I actually have to think about my first play. Do I want to try to just run this out and cross my fingers? Um, which that was cool. Like the other random counter spells that we get in like limited formats there was one in um like what what was it's like another one that was like a single blue and only counters cards that are like have converted mana cost one or mana value one or something that was in yeah right it was like spell snare but crappy yeah it was like yeah it was like mini spell snare minor misstep or something um anyway that was oh not... right that's what it was it's fixed yeah. mental misstep because that's mental misstep but mental misstep had phyrexian mana right and mental this misstep is... got like banned, <laughs> in, Uber banned. Uh, in modern shit. yeah and so um, this was like the fixed yeah, one fixed, yeah. which was like fine and then some people were even debating whether it's good and constructed but it was horrendous and limited like yeah, you unplayable. don't play you can't play that yeah. card and so this is a nice nod of like hey this could be used for both. And it actually was, and it was interesting. Um, That's interesting because like my, you know, my auto parser, my mm-hmm. my uh, internal chat GPT would filter that card out immediately and say like, yeah. that's not a limited card. But like recently limited formats have been a lot more about one drops and two drops than, than when I made that decision. Like yeah. probably when I was building the autopilot, so to speak, um, that card is unplayable always. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so it's cool to see that maybe we're entering a limited environment. I know this is kind of a special limited format, but even still, yeah. like we are kind of limited as moving in a way where hey, maybe you got to think think twice about that one. Maybe that one isn't just stone unplayable and you should mm -hmm. at least consider it. Yeah. It's also specifically good in this format because people want the ring bearers to be one drops or sorry, one right. power or two power. Um, yeah, yeah. But it also like counters their um, two mana three ones, things like that. Um, I was just like, hey, I like this. Uh, and originally reading the card, I was like, oh, that's stupid. And I had the same thing that you thought too. I was like, I'm never going to play that card. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. But it actually having an impact on limited was really cool. And I was actually happy about that. So great job. Good stuff. Uh, we have to say all the positive things right now because there's going to be a lot of negative things later in the show. Um, <laughs> Which you I, know, I have some good things to say later in the show, but yeah, okay, I mean, that's good. The the overall sentiment will be mm -hmm. leaning, let's leaning negative. Yeah, I am also like at the point right now where I'm okay if we start talking about the anthologies, um, because I have a lot to say about it because there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on. So also a healthy amount more of this nine percent. Yeah. Here, so. <laughs> So uh, that's kind of what we think about uh, Lord of the Rings. If you want to talk to us more about it, or me specifically, or I don't know, if you're over it already, who knows? But just find our Discord channel. It's in, the link's in the show notes. Um, join that and talk to us about whatever you want. Because um, we have some good questions there, um, which we'll probably be answering more of those in the future. But right now, um, anthologies. So... Uh, this weekend, all the previews came out, and I was pretty excited for this. Um, it's our third Explorer Anthology, and that's the one I was mostly focused on because I haven't really been playing Historic um, really since Explorer came out. And I <laughs> I was worried because, the so let's just go through how it went. So we got announced that there's going to be this anthology, and they gave us three cards for each of the different anthologies. Each of the anthologies is 25 cards that will be added to Arena. All the normal things apply. You can pay like 4,000 gems or 25,000 gold to get it. and But you can also just use your wild cards to get the cards, which is what we recommend. Always use your wild cards for the ones you actually want, because most of the time there's a bunch of filler in the set so that they make money off of it. So don't buy any either of the sets. Unless you're like stone cold, no, you're going to use, I don't know, 10 of them, 10 play sets of them. Don't. Uh, but specifically for the Explorer one, don't. Like, really don't. Um, yeah. That's... So, and maybe we should nip that in the bud right away. Because, you know, the reason you might is you might say, hey, this one has dual lands in it. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I want a play set of all of those anyways. And then I'm pretty close to to cracking even on this. Um, as much as we love dual, man, dual lands here, uh, these are not the ones that you want play sets of. Mm -hmm. These you probably don't want at all, but you might play one or two in your deck, depending on your deck. Mm -hmm. um, but I think given what's available in Explorer already, my guess is you're it's, not playing any of these. It's not worth it. Um, yeah, the thing about it is that, so the the dual land cycle, and so 
for clarity for everyone, we always tell you like, no matter what, always draft the lands, make sure you have the lands. Lands are the most important thing. You play more lands in your deck than any other card for the most part, like get lands, you need lands. Um, anytime a dual rare, a rare dual land comes into play tapped because you need basics around to keep it untapped, that usually goes against why you have dual lands in your deck. Most of the time you want a lot of dual lands so that you have all your colors, but then if your dual lands are only good if you have basic lands, that means you have to play more basic lands, but that means that you won't have your colors. So they just kind of fight against each other a little bit. And um, these ones for from Battle for Zendikar are just not good in our format. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, they're generally you might care about the land types. In Explorer, we don't have fetch lands, and that's mm -hmm. that's kind of the hallmark of Explorer, something I think we'll talk about again later. The fetch lands aren't in this format, makes these mm -hmm. cards weaker. Um, but exactly, like, it's such a double whammy for these cards to not have fetch lands, because... When you used to play these in standard, where there actually were fetch lands, mm -hmm. you could fetch the basics you needed if you were able to get away with that to play these untapped. Or if you're not going to play anything that turn, you could wait, hold up a one mana card, like maybe the spell you just talked about, counter, mm -hmm. counter our creature, CMC, or a mana value two or less. You could play a fetch land wait if they cast something fetch an island and counter it if they don't you fetch prairie stream right mm. like that was the thing you did and it's just like no fetch lands makes these cards i don't want to say unplayably bad because maybe like a blue white control deck that's just two colors and already wants a lot of basics for what it's doing like a lot of the go fetch a plane stuff that just mm -hmm. happens to be in that kind of deck. Maybe you play Prairie Stream there, but some of the, like, are, is anyone playing Cinderglade ever? No. Like, no, you're not. It's too, too damaging to your green red deck to have this come into play untapped. And it's also too damaging to have all basics. Like, yeah. So, and, and that's a good point that of the lands, I think Prairie Stream sees the most play in Pioneer, like currently, and we're going to keep mm -hmm. talking about cards that are seen in Pioneer, because that is what we, the player base, expect from anthologies, specifically the Explorer anthology, is to get us closer to Pioneer, which is kind of the whole point of Explorer. And we'll talk about how we feel about that uh, with each card, I guess, but I think that's good to say that prairie stream is probably the one that you will see played when you're like oh jeff and zach fuck you guys you said not to have this card and all these people play this okay that one you might see but i bet you don't see four you know no, you won't deck. see four you won't see four um maybe you'll have one or two sunken hollows i think all the other ones are are not this card seems generally worse to me than irrigated farmland for example mm -hmm. in a, in a which blue -white controlled is basically the same thing but could get you a, a card like it's better cycling so much better in this case than like right. maybe it's untapped you know 
like i'd much rather have a cycling plant um yeah so with that being said uh we this is one of the reasons why we don't recommend buying it because you just don't need four of a lot of these cards mm -hmm. like you just won't um oh man. Do we get an explanation for why these were the lands that are a part of this or so we don't have an explanation about anything um apparently there is a q a tomorrow on like a discord that people were told about via twitter that will explain oh, so it's things. like a panic a panic q &A. no they always do this kind of thing but like it's oh, so yeah. small that like it's you have to be part of the discord to then be part of it. Yeah. First of all, you have to be someone who's on Twitter to know that there is a discord that you have to go to and then be on discord to be able to go to this thing. So it's for okay. very entrenched people. Um, all the question askers have like underscore Watsy in their names that they just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it is strange. We don't really get an explanation of why any of these were decided. Um, but right off the bat, as we've seen with all the anthologies and every anthology that's come out, there's always been a few question marks and they tend to be big question marks. Like why, why did they do this? And usually the answer is historic brawl for some reason. Um, yeah. Tends to be that. Um, before we get into all of it, I do want to mention that um, that the uh the different anthologies i think are specifically separated by the sets that they're in so there are some cards that may be like it's technically in the explorer anthology but because it's explorer legal or pioneer legal they put it in that one instead of putting in the historic one to be confusing because every card in the like historic anthology is not legal in Pioneer or Explorer. Right. And every card, obviously, in Explorer is legal in Pioneer. Um, so that might answer some of some random questions. Be like, like, for instance, uh, I think Cyclonic Rift is a very classic, like, this is a historic brawl card. This card sees like play and as one copy in a sideboard of one deck sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, this is a this is a commander card. This is for historic brawl. Why is this here? I think that's a perfect example of like because it's technically yeah. legal in Pioneer. Yeah, and I understand why they made that decision, but it is frustrating because the Explorer anthology suffers for it for basically that exact reason that you mm -hmm. just said. Like, they're obviously adding cards for uh historic anthology or whatever and a lot of that will just happen to be explorer legal and mm -hmm. it'll just take up space and then you kind of couple that with the fact that the explorer anthology lands are somewhat worthless like almost almost taking the slot of this is just more dual lands for commander as well mm -hmm. yeah um it's just like what what are we getting here as explorer players <laughs> like so that's like there's like the allied lands that we're not really using maybe prairie stream but not and then a sixth card which is like cyclonic rift cool keep mm -hmm. the list coming what are the other cards that are just like 
big, huge question marks. Um, Eidolon of Blossoms, that was a, another like marquee card that's like, hey, it's Explorer. This is even an enchantment card that like cares about enchantments. And I don't give a shit about this card. Because this, this is a is... four mana two two, man. Like if you ever played a single game of Explorer, yeah. like you play a four mana two two, your opponent just laughs and wins the game. <laughs> yeah. And this is supposed to be your card draw engine? Like, come on. Yeah. No. Like this is a commander card. This is just because you need as many one of cards that do this ability, which is whenever you play enchantments, you draw cards. Yeah, like that's a good ability, but and you need a, a lot of them. But come on. Um, and no. I know you people are imagining like I have, you know, I don't even know what to say. Like two Jukai naturalists out, and mm -hmm. then I then I just go off. Right? It's like okay, but you're you're an enchantment deck. You have two Jukai naturalists out. Are you you worried about that game or? Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it, it is like this card comes in a ton of commander decks already. Like, it, this is just a commander card. Like, that's just what it is. And people are used to that. Um, I think this was like a standard player when it was out. Yeah. But because, I don't think it's ever even touched an eternal format. Yeah. Other than commander. It might have had something to do with the fact that it came out in a set that was all enchantments uh I oh, think yeah and and like what were all all of the decks were dirtly abs and decks yes yeah that's probably why that makes sense totally yeah like i just i don't get it i get it like so cyclonic rift and eidolon of blossoms are the main marquee cards that they first show us as well mm -hmm. as uh death right shaman Okay, I can hey, see. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Deathrite Shaman. All right, I love this card. I'm not saying I don't love Deathrite Shaman. I just think that this is another trick. So remember when they gave us um uh was it Death Shadow? Yeah. Like, and that was a trick, being like, hey, here's a card you've heard of before, or you maybe played in Modern. It's really good in Modern because Modern has very specific things that are good with this, and those things happen to be fetch lands because you lose life when you fetch and then shock yourself over and over again and it's really good you could turbo out this great creature hmm why is death right shaman so good it cares about exiling lands from the graveyard or things from the graveyard but the main purpose is it's a mana dork at like at its very core besides yeah. being a planeswalker if you don't have yeah, besides, besides being a one mana planeswalker it's uh, yeah. yeah it it's if you don't have fetch lands to make this mana dork work at the beginning to pump out all your stuff and then start doing the other abilities on this planeswalker quote unquote it's just a one mana one two that like sometimes hates out your opponent or sometimes yeah. does things but like it's oh, just for it's, sure it's it's gonna be it it makes me like it got banned in modern so like when that happened, I was like, oh, that card's so cool. And then for a long time, I was like, really interested in that card and thinking it's so cool and all this stuff. But having to be like, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have the same things around it. Like it was built for something else. And this is not that format. So it's not a marquee explorer or pioneer card. People don't play this card in pioneer. It's yeah. not. And I think like maybe to underscore some of this discussion for people who maybe have no modern experience. Something you might not know about modern if you don't play it is that 
in almost every deck, most of your lands fetch lands. So people are probably imagining, oh, the green-black deck only has four fetch lands. The mono-red deck probably doesn't even play fetch lands. That is not the case. The mono-red deck will play all of the red fetch lands, maybe not four of every single one, mm -hmm. but it'll play four of the red-white one, and then it'll subsidize that with some other ones. Um, the green-black deck plays can play any fetch land that touches either of those colors on top of, because you can fetch a dual land. So you, even like a green-red fetch land can go get you a green-black land. Mm -hmm. So basically the way, what you do is you make most of your lands fetch lands. That way it makes it really hard for you to flood out. Because in modern, you kind of want, depending on your deck, like one to three lands. And so you want to, you have this problem where you need to draw those lands. You need to draw enough lands to play the game, but you don't want to flood out. And so what you do is you play like 12 to 16 fetch lands and then like eight fetchable lands or something. Um, and so this card was very, very commonly, like it would be pretty rare that this card was not a Manatoric on turn one, mm -hmm. because even if for some reason you had a strange hand that that was just like forest this and no fetch lands your opponent's probably leading on a fetch land and so they're in this weird spot where they either don't crack their fetch land and do nothing themselves or they let you rip mm -hmm. and that's in a bizarre scenario to begin with because especially if you're playing this card you're probably even higher pushing on all your fetch lands than normal and so when we say like, oh, fetch lands really affect the power levels of these cards, like they really do because they're most of the lands people play. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to say I didn't fall for the death's shadow trick. Um, that I one did. didn't get me. When I, it I came in, I was like, this isn't going to be good. They don't, we don't mm -hmm. have the fetch shock combo. Um, but this one, the funny part is they already tried this on us in Pioneer, right? Like mm -hmm. they... People already know this card's not good in Pioneer. Yeah. Um, we already got fooled. We already got like bamboozled being like, oh man, this card that was so good in Modern is Pioneer legal? Amazing. And uh, no. it's not. So now they're like trying it again. Uh, and it's probably going to work again. Like all, mm -hmm. of the, all of the people are going to be like, oh, Deathrite Shaman, I've heard of that card. And I need Pioneer four. People, the Give Pioneer players will be like, no, 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 don't get it. They'll be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Four copies. I'll trust a modern player over a pioneer player. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> like, this card isn't even going to be good in Historic Brawl. Like, because you don't have fetch lands <laughs> at all. Like, you have Evolving Wilds and, like, the ones from New Capena. <laughs> like, come on. Um, like, is that what you really want to do? Um, it's not really... Right. Good. It's not. You good should think of this card as, like, the reason it was good is that it was Llanowar Elves with mm -hmm. extreme upside it could be cost for black instead of green it has an extra point of toughness and it does two extra activated abilities mm -hmm. think about how good lanwar elves is that's what made this card good it was lanwar elves with like four extra things if it's yeah. not lanwar elves to begin with the extra things are all they're all really just extras right like plus yeah. one toughness a little easier to cast has these two abilities and so if it, if it doesn't have that base of being an already great card, it's really just nothing. Yeah, it just, it's really nothing. It's like a shitty scavenging use. 
Like, that being said, I'm going to play this card. <laughs> oh, God. Jeff, you're so tight on, like, rare wild cards. Like, don't do <laughs> yeah, it. I know. This this is why. It's yeah. Stuff like this. This card but doesn't I... even, it doesn't even hate out, like, the graveyard decks. Like, it doesn't even exile artifacts. So, okay, like... but I, the deck I play mm -hmm. is a, um, is a Sultai self-mill deck. That... Sure is trying to like it's basically built all this self mill in to hit delirium as quickly as possible and i don't mind exiling my own lands because i often have too many lands in my mm -hmm. graveyard and the deck does kind of need a one drop so what's going to happen is i'm <sighs> going to craft this card i'm going to try it it's not going to be quite as good as it needs to be and i'm going to remove it but I'm excited but you to know, go through that process. You know what the best case scenario is that you craft this card, you play it on turn one, and they use their fatal push on it, and then they don't hit your two drop. So yeah, that, that's another so yeah, that's another sneaky uh <laughs> that's basically what's gonna happen. But I'm just what I'm imagining is death right shaman, right? Mm -hmm. Turn two, wayfinder, grab a land, mill a land, exile that land, thought sees you. And to me, I'm like, I could live with that. I could live I mean, with that uh, outcome. It, it is definitely like best case scenario thinking, which yeah. you're not supposed to do. But, uh, that sounds cool. Worst case scenario, you attack them for one. <laughs> 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 so, and that's what it does. And they don't use any removal on it. The oh, worst gosh. case scenario is like I get uh, stonewalled by something with two toughness and my mm. card does nothing all game. That's actually very, that's probably what's going to happen. Another great thing, I could block Swift Spear on turn one with this. You know, if I go this and they go turn one Swift Spear, Sure, block. that's true, you yeah. could. Pretty yeah. good, save myself one point. That could be the game, you know. That's yeah, yeah. There you go. It's all you know that deck. And then they'll they'll have to shock this because it has it says gain life on it. They, yeah, I do want to that. remind you that like mono red is not really a deck in Explorer. They're playing that in Standard. Um, it's not good in Explorer, but not yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we'll have to find that out. Um, but that's I. I'm actually very happy we had that conversation about uh, Death Right Shaman because I was very low on it, and now I'm even lower. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. sweet. Um, Don't get me wrong. This is not going to be a like an ex influence on the Explorer format. It's yeah. going to be an influence on my wildcard collection personally and uh, my deck. Yeah, it's for Bruce. Um, yeah. But with that, Jeff, but uh, I do like the card. So I think like I think it's okay to give people a card that they like, yeah. Even though it's not necessarily going to be good, mm -hmm. um, like they know they know this card's not going to influence the format mm -hmm. because they have the data in Pioneer. Mm -hmm. um, but they also know people kind of like it. They just uh, what remains to be seen, I guess. As a little segue into the break here mm -hmm. is. Did they give us cards that we're going to like and they know are going to strongly influence the format? We will have to find out, but we'll figure that out after the break. So, Jeff, let's go on a beer break and uh, I guess look at the cards then. Yeah. Cheers. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. 
That's right. You already supported the show just by listening. But if you want to support the show even more, our Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by clicking the big Buy Jeff a Beer button. No, actually, you should go pick the Buy Zach a Beer button. We just get rid of that one, actually. Yeah. No, Jeff, <laughs> we have <laughs> whatever. Anyway, just go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. Or you could vote on us in the Discord channel. I'm sure there's a way to do that. Best way to find that is in the show notes. Yeah, just go to our Discord and just say vote for Zach. I, I like that. <laughs> I think we should yeah. have more people vote for us in our discord i I, right? I like that let's I add a channel let's add a channel yeah um <laughs> i don't think but... i want to see these results i'll, I'll block it. i'll mute it <laughs> um actually i'm sure in our discord you'll be more popular than me anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh let's talk about the beer i'm bringing from sada city for this week which is the one i was most excited for so i'm just putting it right at the beginning uh I think it's the first one I picked that we're going to do. Um, it's their Strawberry Sunday IPA. Ooh, baby. It's, it's going to be uh, another classic, like, you make me drink a pink and or purple beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a obviously fruited Sunday IPA. Uh, it has Amarillo as a Azaka. Wow. Why am I always bad at like the hop stuff and galaxy hops? Um, it's 5%. But uh, anything that looked crazy and weird is always what I want to do. So, um, all right, we just had the nine percent. So let's go into this this tamer version. Of, Fair enough. <laughs> a tamer version <laughs> of the last beer. No, this is gonna be nothing like yeah. the last beer. Yeah. Oh, mm. okay. It smells more like beer than I was expecting, but the color is what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's pink. It's very pink. Uh, it's just <laughs> the origins just, of the show, man. <laughs> it really is just me forcing Jeff to to drink <laughs> purple and pink beers. Um, oh no! Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no! Oh, all right. I just want to see your face. I don't know if you can see this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks it's, kind of orange, but it's very. Bad. I know, yeah. All right, I mean, cheers. that's the weird thing about cameras. My background mm. is orange, not red. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway, okay, let's get talking about magic again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, Zach. So <laughs> I want to start us off strong on this uh, this discussion of okay. re-entering into the Explorer anthology. Totally. We, we will talk about the historic one, but you know, as you know, we play a lot more Explorer than historic here. So we'll focus on the Explorer one. Um, this is something that I think is well. I'm here interested to hear your takes on it. But how do you feel about bringing bringing in the original, the OG Ravnica charms? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, 
so so this is i i've i have multiple things to say about this but we are getting the the charms from ravnica um like the return to ravnica charms sorry it was what it really should say but we're only getting five of them and they're the five that people play the least maybe almost like the one that looks like I don't know if I'd play any of these. Maybe Golgari Charm might like see like a sideboard slot in like Grease Fang. Like there's a possibility that regenerating your creatures might be like okay, but like like Boros Charm, no. Azorius Charm, no. And Rakdos Charm, no. Those are the ones that like even Rakdos Charm. Rakdos Charm is the one that people play in Commander. So like even if you're at the Commander thing, you're not even putting in the 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 one that they play in Commander. Like this is crazy. Like, I, I, I cannot believe that they decided to do this. So we have five charms, Golgari, Simic, Izzet, Gruul, and Orzhov. Okay. When, when I read through the list, I was going through and I was like, oh, cool. They added the, the like, uh, and I guess when I say OG charms, like, there just weren't. There weren't charms. A charm and original yeah. rap. This is the yeah. first, like, mm -hmm. but it's you're right, it's not from original routing. Um, but I was like, oh, cool. Like, there's a bunch of these that are super common sideboard cards. And then I looked and it, the five they picked, I was just like, I my literal immediate thought was like, I, did they pick the worst five? Like literal like top to bottom worst five i don't think that's quite true but like it's close it's close who it's, plays who plays gruel charm now <laughs> it's 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 because yeah gruel charm fucking sucks um orzov charm i've never read before and it seems almost interesting to me except for the fact that like it's not good orzov um, charm is the card that every time i read it i think i've missed something awesome like whoa how have i overlooked this and then like a detail jumps out at me like man of value one or like you know mm -hmm. just like oh it gets because it's terrible because like the, the design is there for a sweet card so but it's the, just like... yeah so of these i was talking about golgari charm because like that's an actual deck in explorer and like they already play the reason it looks familiar in uh, grease fang is because they already play like um the uh, uh witherbloom uh command which is like looks similar um mm -hmm. so it does actually yes yeah in that way it doesn't act, this one doesn't do anything with like um your graveyard but like maybe having a a card that can blow up a, I don't know, rest in peace or something is something they care about. I don't really know. Right. Um, no, this, but, that's the one that also I was like, okay, this one's probably not the worst. Like, like it's conceivable you would put this in a sideboard because basically what these cards do is they do three like weak effects that could be good in the right situation or against the mm -hmm. right deck. What that is powerful for is two things in like standard it's good to just have flexibility and that's worth a lot mm -hmm. in in a fo set format like explorer that flexibility actually is not particularly useful like you don't that's why you don't see these kind of generic mid-range decks with these super flexible cards that are kind of good against everything as much like even the mid-range deck in pioneer and explorer is 
borderline and fucking aggro deck that just can that can just play forever mm-hmm. um but that's what these cards ostensibly give you what they really give you an explorer is it's it gives you th- like two more sideboard slots because like exactly. there will be yeah. two decks where these things are each of these three modes is you're citing it in for a different mode against different decks so in order to play this there has to be like a deck that has a lot of x ones Mm-hmm. And then a deck that has a really powerful enchantment that you can't beat or that mm-hmm. is all enchantments or whatever. Or you care about board sweepers. You could probably mm-hmm. two to three is enough to put something like that in your sideboard. Um, I don't think that's currently the case for mm-hmm. Gulgari Charm. But I think you mentioned Rakdos Charm. Like I've played Rakdos Charm in yeah. plenty of modern sideboards and uh pioneer sideboards and not just because like i tend to play rakdos i mean obviously that's a factor because you can only put it in your deck if you have played sure. black but rakdos charm is actually just pretty effective against yeah. a couple different strategies um these are just like i don't know <laughs> these are just like generally quite bad so and and i think the reasoning behind this is that they decided to give us the ally uh battle for zendikar lands and give us the enemy charms that's what they did (laughs) what a shitty decision (laughs) we're gonna give you because we gave you these garbage lands we're gonna gonna give you these (laughs) crappy charms to compensate for us all right so how many cards are just useless right now so that's 10 right off the bat plus uh three more basically um so that's 13. Well, i do want to say i do want to say I, ha- I this is why i actually led on this okay so i was making fun of gruel charm earlier but actually i think gruel charm might be a secret hint from wizards because gruel charm actually combos with a card that people have just been clamoring for and like asking for an explorer but have not gotten. And that's, of course, dubious challenge. <laughs> because it at instant speed lets you get all cards you own, right? So you go, bam, dubious challenge. They think they're getting the better creature. Joke's on you. Mm-hmm. It's all mine. And so you build like this really cool, like six mana collected company. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So I think the fact that Gruel Charm is in this is actually a plant. That for... has, has hurt us. Yeah, dubious hurt challenge. Dubious challenge <laughs> will be coming in the future. A spoiler alert: right. dubious challenge is not in this uh, anthology, which is no, a, another slap in the face. Just like yeah, but, but but I'm okay with this one because of the gruel mm-hmm. charm being like, hey, it's coming in the next <laughs> one. I I see, I see. All right, perfect. <laughs> that's really good. Um, but anyway, so that's basically 13 There's cards. no other reason to include Gruel Charm, so I'm <laughs> yeah, sad. It fucking sucks. <laughs> um, man, we've been talking about some bad cards. Jeff, let's talk about a card yeah. that is actually good. And it's actually mm-hmm. a card that you're going to play. And basically is one of the best things about these anthologies. Because this card is free. Like when we talk about free cards, I mean like all... like jokes aside with the charms at least they're uncommon so like they're free like you can right. get yeah. them if just get them if you want them like do it mm-hmm. so those ones go for it another card go for it 
that Jeff is all over and I know he's just going to start playing Explorer and he's going to play this deck constantly because this card just got added, which is Shrapnel Blast. Um, it's an uncommon and they kept it as an uncommon like they should because why would you upshift priorities of these cards? But yeah. get four copies of these. Uh, Jeff, is, go to our Discord because Jeff's going to post a Explorer, <laughs> like Rakdos Sacrifice deck with Shrapnel Blast. Um, I've played this card in Pioneer, so yeah. I've got to yeah. play it in, yeah. in, in Explorer. And I think the deck is actually good too. So like Shrapnel Blast is like specifically for us. It's not, it's like, it's not really a deck that's like in, in Pioneer. People don't play a ton of Rakdos Sacrifice. Um, Jeff does, and yeah. it's the best card for Jeff, and it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah, like we've been shooting on this, but thank you for giving us the rack, like the shrapnel blast. Like that's a that's a nice little thing. I love it. I, I'm gonna steal Jeff's deck to play it for a couple yeah. weeks and then stop. But specifically, like yeah, it has to be the anvil version, right, for this one, mm -hmm. but. Um... It just gives the deck a bit of reach because An mm -hmm. Anvil tends to ping, 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 gives you the cat, gives you, you know, like you can pretty realistically get your opponent 10 or below um, yeah. just with need. triggers that happens. And then this is usually your your savior because a lot of the times people start to stabilize. They, um, especially if they are prepared for your plan, this mm -hmm. is the card where it's just like, you know, your opponent, you get into those situations, your opponent's sitting there like, all right, well, as long as I don't draw a Shrapnel Blast, I win. Mm -hmm. And you draw mm -hmm. Shrapnel Blast. Too. Yeah. Because, like, um, if, you, if you get him, like, it gives you the reach that, like, when you play against, like, mono red burn decks, you don't want to go below six because six is two lightning strikes away from dying. So this gives the, <laughs> the Rector Sack deck the reach to be like, you don't want to be below 10 because 10 is basically two Shrapnel Blasts away. Unless you can get rid of all their artifacts, but like it's kind of hard to get rid of. You're not going to spend stuff getting rid of blood tokens. Like you just, <laughs> yeah. you just won't. Um, that's that's a stupid that's a stupid line to take. I think. Yeah, I think you'll just lose to something else. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that'll be the which I think is worth pointing out. That's an extreme example of something a lot of people do. Where it's like, I don't want to lose to this card, so I'm going to overcommit to protecting myself from that card. And then you just lose to like their grizzly bears or whatever. Like you just yeah, exactly. lose to whatever standard stuff is in their deck. Yeah, their death right trauma. Oh, yeah, if I hadn't like wasted three cards to to deal with shrapnel blast, mm -hmm. like I probably wouldn't have lost to those servos or yeah. whatever. <laughs> like all that shit. Yeah, the servos is literally like kill the servo. It does the same shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, uh, this, you know, we don't often get to applaud Wizards, but like, thank you. This is this is one yeah. that wasn't on many people's lists as far as cards we wanted added to Explorer, but it actually means a lot to us specifically. So Also, one of the first decks I did well in on a MTGO PTQ, this is going way back. Um, I think I came in ninth. But I I played a blue red control deck built around Shrapnel Blast and Dig Through Time. So basically, the deck was just like sort of your typical blue red. It was obviously a, a complete homebrew, but it was like blue red 
um, just played like counter magic, draw cards, damage and stuff. And the plan was literally like, I have dark steel citadels and stupid eggs that don't matter to me. And I'm going to shrapnel blast you out of the game. And uh, the sideboard plan was to side in the scissors. Okay. (laughs) It was really, it was really effective. I got a lot of hate messages in the chat, like a lot. (laughs) But the thinking was like control, like, can do okay game one because it was a creature-based meta. So it's just like, mm. kill it, kill it, kill it. Take control of the game because Dig Through Time is a stupid card. And then just like sort of transformational sideboard into uh, what we now call like in soul aggro or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh man, did it piss people <laughs> off. <laughs> I love that game plan so much. Like <laughs> yeah. control to aggro is so funny. That's right. hilarious. <laughs> like the they, opposite of they, everyone's game. Well, it's because they take out all their removal and add in all their oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, you're killing them. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's like it, it's I very. Love, I love that deck, but that's I have a soft spot for shrapnel blasts. Yeah, that was that was the card that uh, never got sided out. <laughs> yeah, well, shrapnel blast is also. Um, in by heart i didn't play it personally but uh like my best friend when we were growing up he was a mono red player and shrapnel blast was one of his favorite cards um though he was using like ancient dens and like steel walls to that's yeah. what he was using um, to, access to, to such it. power yeah. mm-hmm. but um we were also playing kitchen table and it was like kind of janky but I've lost many times to like the Saki. Oh, I'm tapping. talking about ancient den, not steel wall. What well, I I, I understand. Yes, I know <laughs> that you're, so you you're talking about ancient den. I know, I know. Um, or not ancient den. Sorry, uh, great furnace. Yeah, you would use great furnace. Um, but they that do this. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, I I do have a special place in my heart for shrapnel blast, even though it was usually killing me. Um, so you can have those too, folks. Oh, well, that was a nice little breath of fresh air. I, I like that uh, yeah. happiness. Um, let's get continue talking to like some really shitty cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do we want like we we could interlude it and we could rapid fire through some like pairs of cards they added for very specific reasons that are like deck specific. Sure, like uh, I mean, like that are actually good. I, w- I was thinking we would go into shit cards, but like I'm fine with talking about good cards. Okay, how about let's let's round out a couple of shit cards and then we'll do like because there are good cards that kind of came in pairs mm-hmm. in a sense. That's true. It's very true. Um, Basically, the the good cards in this edition are combo cards. It's yeah. Um, so let's talk about those. So the the best thing as we're on this like kick of like good cards the best thing we get and the real meat of this explore anthology if we get anything is we finally got a real deck and a deck that went a pro tour six months ago so we got world spine worm and xenagos god of rebels i was so sure you were setting me up for judges familiar (laughs) <laughs> I'm so sure. 
<laughs> no, I'm being completely serious. I was trying. I was not going to talk about Judges Familiar, but like, that's a fucking that's a choice. That's what that is. <laughs> that's that a was, card. That's a definitely could have included them. Did yeah. Um, this is no fucking play. I don't want to talk about that card, honestly. Um, <laughs> even though that's a card I would normally like, but yeah. Anyway, so we got Xenagos and World Spine Worm. The thing I think is so funny about this. Well, there's two things. First off, thank you for giving us one deck. Holy shit. We just need, like, is it creativity? One a pro tour and people couldn't play it on arena? Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, that's, that's... Cool. And we only needed two cards that aren't even that weird. Like, we have all, we have the capabilities to do these cards so easily. Right. And the fact that like creativity, you could even argue is like born through arena. Like it was born through the historic competitive mm -hmm. events where people were like, whoa, this creativity card is actually really good. And mm -hmm. Like that's the competitive scene where this deck really started to thrive. And so it's like it's arena through and through. And the fact that we didn't have the best pieces in Explorer to go get was sad and there were still like cards you could use but it wasn't the same like they should have i feel like emergency added these like it just seems ridiculous that it took so long especially because when we start talking about cards that they didn't include we may be talking about certain like me mechanics and things that like they don't want to code they could have done this like there's no yep. reason they couldn't have done this. Um, so we have it now, which is great. And is it creativity is going to be a real deck and explorer? Uh, you're going to see it a lot. This is this is the meat. This is the deal. Though I ju I just know I'm going to jump into my first uh, explorer mm -hmm. uh, league or event, whatever. Yeah. And uh, number one match is going to be like Reader Rabbit. Gonna like... <laughs> you're gonna play blue like mountain island for sure like, oh, i'm gonna like oh this one. Yeah. Nope. uh yeah that's reed duke by the way who won with this deck that's what we we're laughing at um the thing about this though in the explorer anthology is that don't buy it because you only need one copy of each of you those cards of <laughs> you don't need four copies of xenagos or specifically the world's don't get four copies of the worm like it's true actually that's making me think that this is not something i want to dive deep on but like is the reason these are being released here for more of that like wild card pissing value that we talked about earlier where people are like oh that deck won a pro tour i should buy this and like no, you just need one of each. You should absolutely not buy this. You know what I'm actually thinking as we talk about this? I, I think I need to change my idea of Explorer Anthology. I know, so we'll talk about this in a little bit, but there's been a lot of hate for this entire anthology and we're laughing about it and it is funny, but it has gotten to the point where a lot of people are very angry and the person who's the most upset by this is the person I'm really sad has decided to step away from arena content completely is Robert Taylor 
fire shoes on twitter fire and fire shoes if you know him is on top of every event always posting deck lists about things that are happening anyone who gets a 7-0 win or seven win run of anything or like you win your league you tag fire shoes he reposts it he's on top of everything he cares so much he's always keeping us up to date about tournaments that are happening who's winning what the top eights look like everything and this specific anthology made him so upset and frustrated that he says he's going to take a break from Embrita things and he's not retweeting stuff don't tag him in things because he won't be reposting because he's oh. just so mad that the fact that we're not close enough to pioneer from these if he felt like this entire thing was a slap in the face and wow. it's been really sad like that's the drama we're dealing with we're losing fire shoes. We can't lose fire shoes. That guy, like, he kept us alive during, like, league weekend time. Like, he dealt with all that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I remember way back at the start of this show, not to go mm-hmm. on too deep a tangent, but I, I happened to do well in an event with Gruel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I top eight of it, and it didn't feel that real. Until I remember seeing on Twitter, Fire Shoes, like, retweeting or tweeting my deck list without mm-hmm. me, like, tweeting at him first or whatever. Yeah. He just, like, this was the top eight and my deck list was in there. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, I really did that. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you're like, like... Just doing it in the event was, like, almost the opposite because you lo- I lost, right? Like, mm-hmm. I lost in the, the, the top eight. Um, and I was like, ah, crap. Yeah. I biffed it, and but then when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, okay, wait, no, there's a lot of people in this event." But that's what made me feel like get that feeling, which is seeing him post my deck list. Yeah, because he like this wasn't supposed to be a whole soapbox about fire shoes, but I was affected by he he posted that today, so that's fairly new, and I was like sad about this. Um. And I would be so honored if I was ever, like, I've never top it. So, like, I would be so honored if he ever posted my deck saying that I top aided something. That's like, and that's an amazing accomplishment, Jeff. So, it's just so cool. And he's such an important part of the community online and in person. Um, but him kind of stepping away from Arena, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. So, Anyway, um, we'll see what happens with that. I hope he comes back and will continue to do the work he does. He's going to keep doing stuff for MTGO and things and like uh, paper, but he's That's good just least, yeah. really mad about about this. So we're ostensibly losing him. And uh, that makes me really sad. So um, anyway. I didn't want to bring it down too hard, but that was <laughs> in the gripes and the drama of stuff. That's part of the big drama. Yeah. Um, but to bring us back, like you recognize this combo, you know, it's in a top deck. Oh yeah. That's, sorry. That's kind of like fodder to get you to, to mm-hmm. buy it, but uh, you only need one of each. So exactly. And what I was going to say is that this specific anthology, I think it's not that they're actually like telling you because it does feel like they're trying to trick you. But we are telling you, this anthology is specifically meant to be piecemeal. They're giving you uh-huh. sideboard cards. They're giving you lands you might need one of. They're giving you combo cards you need one of. 
everything is one of. There's one card you need four copies of that's not even a real deck. Like that so wait. Um but everything else is like one of stuff. Like literally one. So do not buy Explorer Anthology. Do not buy it. Yeah. Um, nope. No. Um the other like combo or pair mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about is we have uh, Sylvan Scrying here and we also have Thespian Stage. So um, for those who don't play Pioneer, there's a combo deck in Pioneer. It's called Lotus Field Combo. You get uh, Lotus Field, understandably, mm -hmm. out on the battlefield. And when you get multiple Lotus Fields, um, you can just start doing outrageous things. If you use Thespian Stage to copy Lotus Field. Lotus Field has the downside of when it enters the battlefield, you have to sack two lands. Um, Despian Stage copying it does not require you to do that because Despian Stage had already entered the battlefield. Um, and so that's based. That's basically it. That's the whole combo. Mm -hmm. You have a, a, a land with a huge drawback that can generate three mana at a time, and another land that can copy that, avoid the drawback, and still generate three mana. Yeah. And then everything else in your deck like taps and untaps shit. And mm -hmm. you just you just go off. And Sylvan Scrying is obviously huge in that deck to help you find these two key pieces. So these are cards that you would want four of in that combo mm -hmm. deck. But one's an uncommon. And the other's uh, just a rare. So mm -hmm. um, if you're super interested in that combo deck, you don't want to buy this. Either you just craft those separately. Yeah. Um, so this is a good, like, is a good way to get us closer. Yeah. But as opposed to, is it creativity? You will not be seeing Lotus Field combo on the ladder, or in events. You're saying hidden strings, right? Hidden strings is the most important card that we're missing from this deck, because hidden strings is like a a two mana sorcery that taps or untaps target permanent and then taps or untaps another target permanent. So that's when you get to untap both of your Lotus Fields. Yeah. And this is what keeps you going. Uh, I mean, it's it's a ritual, right? Like basically yeah. Wizards realized rituals are too good. And this is like a deck that has turned other cards it's created into mm -hmm. rituals. That's the whole engine here. Mm -hmm. So we don't um, get rituals now. So we have to do it. We have to yeah. do it the hard way. But turns out it's still good. <laughs> yeah. So the idea behind Hidden Strings, um, that was only half of the card that I read. So you tap or untap something and then tap or untap something else. It costs two mana, so it ostensibly is free. It's like helps your storm count or whatever. It doesn't really matter. The other part of the card that doesn't matter in Lotus Fields, but is probably the reason this card was not implemented, is because it has Cypher. Mm -hmm. And so Cypher is just when you play the spell, you exile it and you like encode the spell on a creature you control. And when that creature deals damage to like an opponent, you get to copy the spell again without paying its mana cost. So like originally this card is like target creature, when they deal damage, you get to untap two lands. That's kind of what it does. That's not how it works in this deck and it doesn't matter. And Cypher doesn't really matter in the deck at all. However, I'm almost like 100% positive that like this is the reason it wasn't part of this anthology because adding an entire new mechanic to arena is a lot harder 
than just adding cards that uh, don't have new mechanics on them. You can like copy things, that's very normal. Other cards fetched up, that's fine. Adding Cypher to Arena was something they didn't want to do yet. And so that's why we don't have hidden strings. Yeah. Although to me, it's like, this is an iconic deck. Mm-hmm. Even even though it's a deck I hate, I don't enjoy mm-hmm. like playing with or against personally. It is an iconic deck of the Pioneer format, so I wonder if it is worth it. Because like, when are you ever gonna code cipher? Cipher is not relevant ever, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So the if if now <clears throat> if not now then when? But I think they'll do it at some point. Um like we will get hidden strings if they want if okay so that's the this is the new conversation does wizards actually want to get pioneer on arena as fast as possible or is this showing us that no in fact they want to dole it out as slowly as possible and do things Mm -hmm. kind of whenever they feel like because putting cypher on arena isn't going to do like it is a lot of work possibly i don't know i don't know if it's a ton of work or not i I feel like it can't be but like, I don't, I don't know how their code base is structured. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't. I'm understand. sure, like all code bases, it's a it's, mess. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's specifically arena is a huge mess. Um, but the deck is unplayable without this card. Not, not, not completely unplayable, but like it's not what it really is. Like it doesn't yeah, combo I mean, off on turn four. This is like, yeah, this is like a you know a deck without dark ritual or whatever. Like it's it not needs the same it. deck. Yeah. It's not as explosive. Like it, adding Thespian Stave and Silver Scrying will be helpful. People may try it, but specifically Lotus Field missing from the Explorer format is a big reason why it's really difficult to like practice Pioneer on Explorer because you don't have the big deck and Lotus Field is the big deck. Like yeah. you expect to play against Lotus Field and the other decks you you can play against. You can play against uh, Devotion. You can play against uh, Rakdos. You can play against, uh, I don't know, any of the other ones, Grease Fang and all those. Um, we get creativity now, which is great. We're just missing go, yeah. Lotus Field. So the, I don't think we're going to get there. We're missing Hidden Strings. Um, Dark Petition is a card that we really need, um, but that one's less important. It's really Hidden Strings. Yeah, if you have hidden strings in the Lotus Field like combo, mm-hmm. you can find ways to win. It doesn't have to yeah. be Dark Petition. That's yeah. just like we have. That's other... just the de facto one in Pioneer. Yeah. When when you can generate this near infinite mana, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine. You figure something out. So that's a big thing. I also have something that you might be interested in, but because you already talked about this card. And it's a card that you really liked and you had played in modern. But um, someone had mentioned on Twitter, I can't remember, I'm so sorry if that was you, but I don't remember. But they were saying that the reason we're not getting delve cards because treasure cruise and dig through time were two big cards that people have been hoping for and we don't have because sure. delve is not a card or uh, a mechanic that's on arena is because yeah. they were speculating that they will bring Tarkir block to arena as a rebastered set ah. uh, at some point. And they said they were thinking they'll keep those cards for when that comes out. So that makes sense to me because people will draft Tarkir if it's on arena 
Tarkir Tarkir was great. And a remaster. And the draft format wasn't dependent on fetch lands. Yes. Um, The remastered format could be weird because it probably will include dragons. And that was not everyone's favorite. All three was not everyone's favorite. Uh-huh. So the remastered set draft might not be very good, but it will get people to do it. Well, they, they actually didn't do all three. They did this weird, like, it's Khan's Fate and then oh, Fate right. Dragons. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Because it was I don't old. know what they're going to do with the remaster. Mm-hmm. But... but anyway, so that is what we think about, like, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. All the Dell stuff, anything from Tarkir Block is probably waiting for a remastered set. Um, yeah. Also, I love Court of Calling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we get Court of Calling, which is cool. Uh, that's more yeah. of just like a fun brewer thing. That's not necessarily like a... Uh, love it. We'll mm-hmm. craft that one. Probably won't end on a deck that involves it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other cards we didn't talk about are Abbot of the Cur Keep, or sorry, mm-hmm. Curl Keep. Uh, yeah, a card I have played in mm-hmm. competitive events. Uh, it's, it seems fine. Um, Voice of yeah, Resurgence. It's not good enough for Explorer. It was barely good enough when I played it in Standard. Yeah. Uh, Voice of Resurgence uh, was a huge card in Standard. Uh, kind yep. of has good fallen card. off since then. Um, Obs- yeah, Obsidat Ghost Council. Really cool card. Always loved mm-hmm. it. Not good enough. Um, I don't know yeah, why this that's totally. the only thing I can understand why that'd be there. Yeah. And then Omnath, Locus of Rage. Get all Same the thing. Omnaths on, I guess. It's like, okay. Yeah. People like Omnath. But the card that is really like the shining star of this entire anthology, <laughs> the one that everyone's been waiting for for so long. And I can't believe <laughs> it's taken this long. I've been playing decks that could use this card because I love a card that works with this specifically is a quarter shield yeah why have we not had this on arena before this is thank god we're getting a quarter shield i've been asking for this card since we start i'm just kidding i fucked this card what (laughs) the fuck so i love sram decks that like care about equipment coming to play and a quarter shield is good because you can play it for free and you draw cards but like that's it there's nothing beyond that like yeah. And again, if this if this were like a insanely popular and high tier strategy in Pioneer. Cool. And this was the only thing that's missing. Okay. Sure. Um just just a reminder, because it's it it we haven't read any of the cards tonight. I'm sure our this, listeners know what a quarter shield does. A quarter shield is a zero mana artifact equipment. It says equipped creature gets plus zero plus three and has vigilance. And the equipped cost is three. I'm sure our listeners remember drafting M14 and passing this card. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely, they remember that. So this is specifically the card everyone's mad about. This is the card that Fireshoes left over. This is the card that ruined everything. And it will have that tarnished on it for a very long time, I feel like. Like, this is such a joke. This card came out. This, it it it's worse than judges familiar like if judges familiar could have kind of been this card but people could have a case for it this one is the one that's like why is this part of explorer anthology what does this do 
nothing. This is useless. No one will use like great. It's on arena. Awesome. I want all the cards on arena. Totally. This is so stupid. Yeah. And this is not the time or place to no. add this card to the format. It took us like six or seven months to get another anthology. And this is what you give us. This is ridiculous. Like, in... yeah, I think that it's like the cherry on top of the two crappy cycle cake, right? Where you're yeah. just like, come on, <laughs> you've already given us so much junk. Mm -hmm. This also had to find its way. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is specifically the one that's like, there are Cheerio decks in Historic. And Cheerio is just talking about zero mana artifacts. So there are Cheerio decks in Historic that care about just like having a lot of artifacts, playing them as fast as possible, um, using the scissors to, to get them up, all that kind of stuff, like um, in Soul Artifact or those types of decks. Yeah, they're Explorer decks. And this card should have been an Explorer Anthology card because it goes Historic. into his. What did I say? Oh, I said Explorer. Sorry. Historic. This should be an historic anthology card going into historic because that's where they actually play this card. It yes. doesn't belong in ours. Um, but it is, it's like a slap in the face. You could do this in an afternoon, like add this card in an afternoon. Who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah, this, this is the cherry on top to the, really questionable decision making on this like yeah don't buy this don't buy at this. most at most you'll probably use three wild cards on this and that's if like if this really this this it's, set happens to really speak to you and you yeah. it takes you in the exact ways that you want to go mm -hmm. three wild cards would be fine so yeah. <laughs> don't buy this don't buy this i honestly just want to say like we aren't talking about historic anthology at all because it's all of it is like historic brawl stuff. Like, I don't even want to go into it. There's some like lands that are good for. That's all I was going to say is the lands in the historic anthology are actually good lands. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're interested for that reason. Because um, um, you you would want to play those. Um, yeah. And otherwise, there's a, a similar thing, right? Like a cycle of lands and then a, a questionable cycle. Uh, which is the titans i've played sun titan in modern but it was not advisable at the time and yeah uh, it's still probably not advisable but all of the titans are fun in uh uh commander so right and then everything else is a big question mark like this is all a who's who of like weird cards that i've played before but probably mm. shouldn't have like <laughs> uh you should craft unearth because unearth is fantastic and it's a common um so yeah. those are free and uh, the only rare i really care about is giver of runes is good um yeah giver but, of runes is good that's true but i've uh, played blood like bloodcast is also a good card i don't know is. if there's a deck for it mm -hmm. uh, but overall like uh, tooth and nail <laughs> what yeah tooth and nail that's commander like that's a commander card <laughs> from like six years ago like yeah. that was like good that was tooth like nail was was a pretty good can like competitive card in i want to say in, in standard yeah uh, 
<laughs> in standard, after they banned the good stuff from Mirrodin in standard. All right, then so, Tooth and Nail. Yeah, so really tooth, shine. So, so Tooth and Nail <laughs> is the Bone Crusher giant of Mirrodin <laughs> standard. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, except the Bone Crusher is like way better and is actually craftable. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, I just honestly want to like say hey we're all in this anthology thing together and i'm sorry they suck so much because we the reason it hurts so bad is because we've been waiting so long you know what i mean like the, th the thing we can do is not buy them don't mm -hmm. buy them like you can craft some of the stuff as you see fit but the way they're like doing this is it, it feels very gotcha it's mm -hmm. like they're trying to, it feels like they're designing these to get people to click the button, but they don't want to give out the value, which mm -hmm. is a little strange because like, they're not really giving out value. Like Anything. it's always been the weird thing about magic. It's like, you don't... you're just handing us like stuff we already want, but you just don't want to actually hand us stuff we want for some reason. Mm -hmm. you want to like trick us into buying stuff we don't want um but yeah know. that's 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 what these kind of have always been mm -hmm. they've usually been a little more like there are actually cards you might want i think like the explorer anthology 2 actually had like it had nickthos and stuff it had muta vault yeah. like it had some stuff yeah. you might want it had cards. Uh, it made like spirits a real thing, and like we got yeah cards. It had obviously Seder Wayfinder completely mm -hmm. changed the entire metagame. So um, <laughs> at common, no less. So it was like yeah, but this one just feels like you're a bunch of shitty lands and a bunch mm -hmm. of weird charms. It's like yeah. they've like this is proving that Wizards does not care about getting pioneer onto arena as fast as possible they just want to string us along it's going to take like like we they could have literally like instead of a quarter shield they could have put in glade cover scout and then you have a new deck like if we had yeah. glade cover scout we could play auras like and that's it like that one common change could have changed like got us a huge step closer anytime we get an entire deck into the explorer format is well th big. this is better because a quarter's shield is actually an uncommon so, so it's, it's oh, more sure. value this more way. totally more value because the common and uncommon wild cards actually plus matter. i don't have to play against fucking glade cover scouts so. but <laughs> i want to play glade cover scout <laughs> especially and... since they gave us the the natural counter of golgari charm to the glade cover scout so they, yeah for sure um kill it just like on turn two like there you go Th that's fine that'd be interesting that adds something like <laughs> let me play auras let just let me play pioneer on arena like try to make it happen soon I, it just seems like they don't care like they're not interested in and I feel yeah. like that is reflected partly in the fact that there are like two cycles as well. 
it's like half mm-hmm. the cards in this fucking thing are just from a cycle mm-hmm. and that kind of feels lazy to me it's just like yeah. oh i don't know like just throw in a cycle people like that and it's like all yeah. like those are commander stupid shit that people would like right but like especially cycles that like nobody plays like, or it's like oh commander players like charms right here you go but like commander right. players don't yeah. actually want this shit like this isn't right. making nobody people... wants these no. charms in particular. these five cards right it just feels like an afterthought or, so uh... then the question i have as we go into the end of this episode is are they going to give us another explorer anthology soon after with the other five charms the ones that might actually possibly do something so like do we have hope that there's going to be an explorer anthology four in september or october like will oh, it come no, that I, fast like is it going to take till january it. yeah they, they'll milk it yeah it to me t- that's what this this says this mm-hmm. is like hey dude like get the hint guys we gave you the fucking like battle for zendikar land cycle mm-hmm. we don't care it's like at least it wasn't the fucking snarls from like Innistrad or whatever but like Can you imagine oh god wait do <laughs> we already the next that's in the next one do we already get those i from the maybe we already got those from the Innistrad sets oh from Innistrad remastered yeah, yeah we have those all right never mind so we already have those that's but, why it wasn't those yeah because otherwise it would have been um geez I I'm sad anyway um at least we got one deck I think we can expect one deck from each anthology and we got one so that should be on par Great. hopefully 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 <laughs> like at this point that's the hope we get one mm. new deck per anthology um there are some cards that i like personally but i know are not good enough and that kind of round that that rounds out the whole anthology and so mm-hmm. um yeah i know we're, we're hopping on this a lot but um I think that Magic is a great game that has a lot of formats, and some of those formats are just waiting to become the regular paper version of that format, specifically Explorer into Pioneer. And I personally would like those two to come to be one so that we can get people on the same page and be friends so that I can go to a Pioneer tournament and say, hey, I've played Pioneer on Arena all the time. I can come and feel okay about this instead of, hey, there are certain decks I've never seen before because they are not on Arena and I feel awkward and the metagame is so different. Like, I don't want to go to this paper tournament anymore. And then I don't. Yeah. I want I want it to come together, please. And I think that's a good point. But honestly, even if I felt like they were just advancing the format of Explorer in a meaningful way, that's true. I'd take that, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if we sort of eclipse the end goal of meeting up with Pioneer just for a second, like, did we really advance? Like, maybe there's a case to be made, hey, this card isn't played in Pioneer, but it would really help with Explorer's metagame mm-hmm. for the time being until we get there. I w- I think I would accept that argument. But I didn't see any of that. I don't, unless like there's something I'm not seeing, I don't see any of that here. Mm-mm. No, maybe. Right? So, like there's some brew cards and then Judge is familiar. 
So, (laughs) which like, and don't forget a quarter shield. Yeah. Thanks. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Orzov charm is the thing missing from Orzov auras that we need to have something. I don't know. That to like stabilize the metagame in the meantime or... <laughs> yeah because that's yeah. that deck's been chomping at the bit for a while trying to really get a foothold <laughs> yeah, right but, but yeah anyway i think that's all i can say about these anthologies i am sad and i would like a formal apology from wizards uh and tell me when the next ones are i honestly wish that they could just tell me when the next one's going to be um that'd be nice i'm not sure they know man i'm not sure they, they, they don't know they don't know yeah it's to fill gaps and like they it feels very cobbled together Mm -hmm. and i think it probably is like they they believe it or not feel they have gaps in their release cycle and uh need to like cobble something together to just put something out there yeah sorry we need something before uh while there's like we need this to come out and we needed like one weekend of previews because Commander Masters is now all previewing right yeah. now and everyone's forgetting about everything they dealt with from this whole anthology thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, look at all these cool cards. I want to buy everything. It's like you, yesterday you were complaining about whatever. Okay. <sighs> I know that's how they get us and we're all little addicts anyway. So anyway, sorry, I don't want to end on a low note, but um Jeff, let's keep going. Let's just let's get to last call and let's yeah, let's talk about some beer. Um, talk about beer. Uh, so so this is last call. Um, as always, we rate our beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in arena. However, this has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently, because all tiers are good. Um, everyone's in different tiers at different times, depending on whatever how long you play. Doesn't really matter, but it's a fun way to rate beer. With that being said. Bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You don't drink them. You spit them out. You can't finish them. Um, they're disgusting. Silver beers are just uninteresting. Uh, macro brews will find their way into this category. Uh, silver beers are fine, but you wouldn't really drink them again. Solid is... They're good. You will drink these again. You mean platinum? By, by solid, I mean platinum. <laughs> Platinum is solid. Yeah, there you go. Uh, diamond beers are exceptional. You love these. You drink them often. You show them to your friends. And Mythic, these are the best of the best. You would recommend these to anyone who will listen. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff. Do you have your pick for this evening? Yeah. All right. I also have mine. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yeah, princess princess says, yeah. Pants. I was going to say has girl pants, but wears girl pants. Um, this beer was good. I liked this beer. Yes. I want to, with that being said, I would like to talk about the Strawberry Sunday IPA first. Okay. Yeah, let's go losers first. Yeah. This was not fun. This looks fun. <laughs> yeah. It looks like uh, it, it goes in theme with the summer. Uh, it's very Barbie. I'm very. It is, yeah, that's yeah, true. It looks like that. Um, it's not fun. I've heard good things about that movie, by the way. But anyways. Yeah, I want to see it. It doesn't come out until like next week, so I'm excited for it. But this beer is not good. I 
I it's very sour and also trying to be kind of creamy and has a weird aftertaste. I so, will I will not drink this again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this beer was wildly different than my expectation. Mm-hmm. I think at first I took a sip and I was like, oh, okay. It's like not the like horrible, uh, you know, uh, creamy disaster I was expecting. But then as I started drinking it more, I was just like, but I don't know what it is. And I don't like whatever it is, I don't really want it. Mm-mm. So at first I was like relieved that it wasn't some sort of crazy, um ridiculous beer but then as i drank it more i was like they should have gone the ridiculous beer route because mm-hmm. this is kind of like i don't like i don't know who would want this no. like you don't want it as somebody mm-hmm. who likes the crazy beers and i don't want it as somebody who likes more normal beers <laughs> likes i don't beer. know who's like the person straddling that line perfectly that's like yeah i want the beer that's like sort of weird but also sort of normal um yeah i mean i also would not drink this again i am really sad because i started out this podcast being like sada city is great they always make like always surprise me everything is great um this gave me characteristics of beers that i have hated and stopped drinking um yeah, I I'm pretty it's... sure that's what that's what they're going for, though. They're like trying to straddle that boundary. They it, it and I don't did... understand why. Like now that we know they're able to kind of achieve what they want to do as in terms of brewers, that that makes it weirder to me that this is yeah. what they ended up with. Because because it wasn't creamy, it was very. It just felt very sour and sharp, and it, yeah, it tastes more like a sour than an. Like strawberry Sunday IPA, I guess to me means like a like a lactose creamy IPA, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. With you know, usually from something like this, I really get that. Oh, this is a strawberry mm-hmm. Sunday. As soon as I take a sip, this was yeah. more like this is kind of like a fruited sour kind of thing. Uh, um, yeah, and but but in a there's an off flavor that I don't like that's not president present in like those sour beers. Yeah. I well, don't because they're not usually hopped quite this much, right? That's so true. I wonder if it probably is one of the hops that's throwing it off balance the sour. Is just a little off. Yeah. Um, it, this is rough. Like I'd be surprised if there's a large group of people that like this. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably like a small group of people that like it or like one brewer or something like that's how it happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. but. Um, Jeff, this is hard because like, I want to rate this low, like low, <laughs> low. Um, to me, this is gold. Like mm-hmm. I finished it. It's not bronze. That's true. And uh, it definitely wasn't nothing going on or completely uninteresting. I would rather drink a Budweiser than this. I'd rather drink a, like, if I saw this, I I would much rather have one of those beers. So I'm going to, I'm still going to give it like silver, like low silver in the sense that I would drink 
like I would I, I that's fair. Yeah. Would I drink this over a Sapporo? Over <sighs> Sapporo? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Just to give it another shot. Over like Stella? No. no. But no also chance. Stella is like the toppest silver, like could punch yeah. into other like that's the one of the best ones. So like Yeah, you've convinced me. This is probably yeah, silver. Like I was is... just going by our descriptions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely not like boring. Well, it is well, it is a little boring, I guess. It's not boring, it's bad. That's what it is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it to me, it almost feels bronze. It's a closer, it's the closest to bronze. Where I'm like, I would I want to tell people in the store, <laughs> don't get that. You know what I mean? Right. Um it may which, be the closest to bronze bronze we've ever come. But... It's really, really close. So that's weird to me because I love Sawdust City, or I thought I did. But this one really threw me for a loop. That first sip. Roll the clip. Anyway. Yeah. That was disappointing. I was hoping for something uplifting and sweet and fun. It was not sweet and fun or uplifting. I'm mad at you. Yeah, Princess wears girl pants. I yeah. quite like. This yeah. was great. This was yeah. really, really fun, really nice, and mm. surprisingly light. For... Yes. So I wasn't sure what they meant when they say like a strong Belgian ale or whatever it is, right? Like mm. a hoppy Belgian golden ale. It ended up to me being more of the like Belgian triple mm -hmm. kind of thing. But, but like it, a pretty pretty good one. It like it doesn't have the full body and weight of a triple. Yeah. But it does have the light characteristics. So it was close, like it was similar to like the Patters beer with hops in it, but right. the percentage is is a triple percentage. It's like a a triple Patters beer. Yeah. Something, if that makes any sense. I mean, technically like technically that would be a, a triple. triple. Yeah. Yeah. But but as far as the flavor profile and the body of it, closer to a Patters beer with hops, it was. But really if you look at it, it's only like thirty five IBUs, right? If you saw yeah. like a triple IPA or nine percent IPA, mm -hmm. that'd be like a hundred, hundred and twenty yeah. IBUs or something. So it's definitely like a hopped version of a triple, mm -hmm. but not all the way towards yeah, um, a triple IPA kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I um i like this a lot this was great yeah i wish that the next beer we opened was this one um <laughs> and yeah the princess wears girl pants uh great beer um also really nice. strangely barbie themed beer um because Ooh. yeah yeah in yeah. a different way um just like uh you know working barbie instead of playtime barbie cool i love it um do you think sada city has just been biding their time to finally reveal that they're the barbie brewery <laughs> <laughs> barbie brewery i love it um <laughs> guys we gotta wait for the movie and then mm -hmm. and then release all the secrets stuff. that'd be pretty interesting um <laughs> interesting would be the word yeah definitely huh. uh the That's the one weird. the one thing i think we're missing from both these beers from being barbie is that we don't have any high heels um anywhere we yes. don't have like the the high heels hanging on the we have all the other pieces of clothing on the clothesline but not the high heels the crown anyway um you don't hang your shoes on a clothesline i suppose 
I guess that's true. You're, yeah, that is weird. That would be weird. <laughs> Although the crown's there. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, where are you going to give the princess wears girl pants? I think for me, it's diamond. Mm-hmm. I think it's exceptional, and I would recommend this to people. Absolutely. But I don't know if it cracks my all-time list. Yeah, definitely not all-timer, but uh, I really like it. This is what I was expecting. Tasting this one first yeah. was like, this is yeah, the type that of might stuff have set, set the stage uh, <laughs> so, a little poorly for the uh, strawberry sundae. Well, I'm also just thinking strawberry sundae is an outlier and it is an exception to the rule that stra- uh, strawberry city, sorry, <clears throat> Sawdust City is a good brewery and the strawberry sundae is, is the uh, exception. Well, there's so, only one way to find out. Yeah, we'll just try the rest of them. So stay tuned for the rest of the beers we have lined up. Um, we have some weird ones still. We did not try to go easy on them. So we picked the ones that could easily be bronze. I think yeah. at this point in the podcast, we're almost looking for bronze beers. And like, right. I want this to be good. But if it's bronze, I want to rate something bronze. Right. We need to rate something bronze. And this one was close. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, uh, Jeff, let's go. To I don't, I don't think time. we can give it to it, though. So No. Not not until I throw up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's time for closing time, which uh, closing means... Time. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been like a hundred episodes since you've done that? Yeah, it feels probably. like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for all our old time listeners. Anyway, uh, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram and threads. Oh, I don't even know what that is, but I'm excited to know we have an account there. You can also find us on MDG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find me personally uh, under Zulberg, that is Z-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram and threads. But Jeff, where can we find you? <laughs> uh, yeah, TikTok. I'm all over it. Oh, no. Sorry. Hold on. Um the discord channel that's the best place to find me uh, if you want to join our discord channel we'd love to have you let's talk deck lists let's talk explorer anthology and hey if you love it let us know why um, best place to find the link for that is right down below in the show notes mm-hmm. and also leave, please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. follow us on spotify go to our youtube channel uh see our beautiful faces there leave a comment and a like uh, we appreciate all that. It's mainly just so we can talk to you because that's what we do this for. So we can drink beer, talk to each other, and talk to you. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you not to buy the Explorer Anthology. Good night. <sighs> all right, that's fine.